0: We welcome you this morning to City of Lights. Again, my name is Pastor John. I have the joy of serving as lead pastor here at City of Lights. I just love this family. And uh, we are so excited that you're here. We say every week, and we believe it as part of who we are, that the church is the family of God. And, uh, man, if you were here, how many of you were here last weekend for our turn-up, two-year turn-up party? I mean, how much fun was that? I just loved it. I mean, it was just like a big old family time. We had the bounce house kids getting their face painted. Tons of fun, great fellowship. So for those of you who are here, man, thanks for coming and making it special. I just want to give a quick shout out to just, can we give just give a hand to all of our volunteers that served last week just to make last week extra special? You know, I know it's like some of you, it's like we can, you know, as you're eating one of those, some of those pulled pork tacos or Uh, nachos, just eating all the stuff and enjoying the music. Sometimes we can forget that in order to have those moments, there's a lot of people that are running and trying to grab a bite between doing something. So we really appreciate you serving uh, and making last week extra special. If you're here, uh, this morning we have a special card that's in your seat called the Connect Card. It says Welcome Home. This blue card here. I want to invite you to fill that out in the back. We have so many great things that are kicking off here as we get into our fall. We want to help you get connected to this family. So we have City Groups. Come on, City Groups, that are going to be kicking off and launching here very shortly. We have City One Hundred One. So uh, just to give you a little bit of snapshot, first of all, let me talk about City Groups. So City Groups are our small groups. And really, we believe not just in gathering on Sundays, but actually building community and walking in discipleship uh, together during the week. And so it's, it's a smaller group where we come and we look at God's word, particularly usually what's coming off of Sunday morning, and we talk about how does this apply to our lives. You break it down. It's a great way for you to connect with people. and we have a sheet right in your seat that has a list of the city groups that are happening and the areas of town that they're happening. There's probably one on your side of town, probably one hopefully in a time slot that works for you. But we really want to encourage you to sign up. There's something about not just seeing people Sunday to Sunday, but actually connecting and walking with people, praying with people, doing life together, celebrating together, having people to cry with or that you know that care for you if you're going through it. So I really want to encourage you to sign up for a city group. I love this. It's actually one of my favorite things to be a part of each semester. We've got some great ones. Uh, My 630 AM city group is a great one, fellas. If you... Need something to go to before work because people say, man, I got my kids, got stuff after after work. That's okay. Wake up earlier and come hang out with us. And there's caffeine. There's going to be caffeine. There's going to be coffee, so we'll bless you. So we have city groups that are kicking off. They kick off the week of the 8th, so that's coming up very shortly. And then we also have City 101. Now, City 101 is basically a three-week uh, class series of classes to help you know more about what does it mean to be a part of this family at City of Lights, and it's a it's really what we call our our first step. We want you to come in and connect and see what is it that this people is about. Why is it that they're so passionate about worshiping Jesus? Why is it that we do city groups? Why is it that we're passionate about serving, serving those that come, serving, serving our community? We want you to know exactly what that means because we believe again that the church. Is the family of God. And so if God's called you to be a part of this family, we want you to be able to get connected as quickly as possible and begin building with depth. Amen? Amen? Come on, somebody. Let's give to the Lord this morning. I, I'm just so grateful that we, we have not just, I mean, just a great family of growing, beautiful, diversity, all kinds of great things, but we have a generous family. And really what that means is that we are worshiping people. You know, we worship the Lord in many, many ways. Worship is not just about 20 minutes on Sunday, and it's not just about Sundays at all. Truly what worship is, is presenting all that you are, the whole of your life. It's not just your music. It's not just your singing in 25 minutes. It's not just your money during the offering time. It's literally when you wake up in the morning and when you're at work and you do your work well, that's an act of worship unto the Lord. When you choose to prepare yourself for class and you worship the Lord with your mind and your intellect by being attentive to the teacher and learning and developing and growing and increasing what God's given you, it's an act of worship to the Lord. And so when we give, it's not necessarily this separate thing from anything else. It's just to be consistent with what we've said. If we truly say that you are the king of majesty, that you are the king of kings, that you are the boss, and that you are worthy of it all, then all should mean all, right? 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 And so this is an opportunity for us to come and honor the Lord with our giving. We believe that as believers that God has blessed us and we give of the tie That's his. It belongs to his. And he gives us. He allows us to steward the other 90%. But even above that, we can walk in greater generosity. And so I want to invite you this morning just to worship him, to worship him with all that you are. This morning, we have three ways to give. You can give cash or check. We have giving envelopes in the seat. You can also give online at cityoflights.church slash give. Click on the giving tab. Or you can text any amount to 84321. Let us worship the Lord this morning. It's our giving. Heavenly Father, we thank you. You are so faithful. You are faithful when we are faithless. And Lord, I just, I pray that you would help us to break out of the compartmentalization that we can so easily do when it comes to different areas of our lives where we'll profess or confess an undying love in one one way and then we will be inconsistent in others. Lord, I ask that you would help us to be a holistically worshiping people. Lord, that you would help us to worship you truly in spirit and in truth, that we would give you our best. Lord, I pray that you would receive what it is that we offer unto you, and that you would multiply it. Lord, would you multiply it for your goodwill? Would you multiply it for your works? And would you do a work in our hearts, Lord God, that reminds us that our provision comes from you, that you are our sustainer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Trying to get my notes up here. My app is not working, so let me get this. Take a moment. Hallelujah. Oh, God. All right, so as I said, man, last week was just so great. Um, and, you know, one of the things that uh, as we get to these moments, these celebratory moments, and all of the, you know, I, I look on Instagram and you can see everybody posting first day of school or All these picks. One of the things that has become abundantly clear, especially now that we have had our first official week of college football, is summertime is shooting deuces, y'all. It is. It is. It is. Summertime is saying, peace. It's been good. You can tell. You can tell people are holding on to their, like, last vestiges of summerdom because, you know, we got the long Labor Day weekend, and, you know, some people, they just, like, for whatever reason, they just don't show up to church on Sunday, the weekend of Labor Day. Now, I, I, can I just be honest for y'all for a second? I really don't get why that is the case in Indiana. All right, we came up from Florida where there's a beach, and, you know, I get it. It's still, like, it's beautiful weather right now. Well, maybe not because you got a little hurricane coming through, but... There's a reason to maybe not show up. Maybe, maybe, not really, but I get I get your excuse. But, like, if you're in Indiana and it's like, what, are you at Eagle Creek Beach? <laughs> you know, there's probably somebody, that's, they're just like, man, I worked hard for this beach bod. I'm going to get every last weekend out of it. God bless you, boo-boo, with your beach bod. Speaking of, can I just... <laughs> Yeah. It used to be that after summertime came, we at least had a four-month break of people posting workout pics talking about the beach bod. Like a four-month break, at least between September to January when the New Year's resolution starts. But now I saw something the other day that just messed me up. It went from, like, getting your beach bod to now somebody said getting fit by fall. Fit? No! No. You know, trying to get nice by November. Anybody trying to get nice by November? I might be on the getting thick by Thanksgiving plan. I think that's, that's more my speed. Getting, eh, getting crunk by Christmas. I'm crunk now. I got a head start. You know, it, it, there, there could be all these, you know, we try to get this, try to, people posting about, you know, the gains. And I, I just, today, this is going to bless some of y'all today. Whatever your gains goals. Today I want to talk to you about the most sustainable, foolproof, kid-tested, mother-approved diet plan. Y'all ready? Here's the best part. It is an all bread diet. Yes, yeah, somebody, somebody got a there was a sizzle in your spirit. You said, Yes, Jesus. I've been waiting for this word. I came on the right Sunday, thank you Lord. however, it's a very specific type of bread, specific ingredients it's not the Ezekiel bread though man Ezekiel bread'll stay with you though it stays with you i still I think I still have a piece of Ezekiel bread somewhere <laughs> stuck in there uh, in John chapter six verse thirty five Jesus tells us exactly what we need to know about this bread and then we're gonna Jump in here. John 6, the Gospel of John, verse 35, it says, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are the sustainer of life. You are the giver, and you are the sustainer of life. God, I ask this morning that there would be an impartation, that there would be a connection to you, Jesus, as the bread of life this morning. Lord, I pray that this would not just be uh, like an infomercial where people hear about this great food or they hear about this provision. And they see it, but they fail to actually take hold of it, Lord, let us partake of you this morning. Help us and help me to communicate your truth in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you. Did I mention I love bread? Y'all, I like bread. I know that you probably did not think that you probably thought I was on that keto joint. You, don't be deceived. Your boy likes bread. I like bread. I like bread, I mean, in all its different forms. I love a good artisan bread, right? Like, I saw Maria and Will, they went to a farmer's market, and they were posting things on Instagram and jacking up my whole day. Because I saw, Will, like, Maria living her best life. She had this nice little crusty baguette with a little soft inside, and She was just, like, had a little iced coffee, and her baguette was munching on it and just had me all kinds of messed up in the head. Like a good, like, crunchy, crusty bread, and you break it, and you feel like Jesus sitting around the table, like, yes. Right? Like, there's just power in that. But, but like, I also, like, I'm, I'm kind of old school, and, like, you know, I'm a little ghetto. I like Wonder Bread sometimes. Right? Like, good, old-fashioned, white Wonder Bread on a PB&J is special. It's just special. Especially, like, you know, Kelly... God, thank God for Kelly. Kelly's just trying to get me right. She's all about the whole grains. And, like, sometimes, like, it says wheat, but it just means it's brown. It's not really, it's not really wholesome. It's just brown bread that was at Kroger's and it's cheap, so you know what and all that. So I'll get that, and Kelly's like, oh, my gosh, why did you get that? That's not even good for you. And I'm like, I, I, I don't know, honey, I just went for the brown bread, uh, which is what you do when you go to Cheesecake Factory, right? You go for the brown bread, Right? I mean, that Cheesecake Factory, the honey wheat bread, is anointed. That is anointed. I honestly think we probably need to serve the honey wheat bread for communion because it's probably a more accurate depiction of the body of Christ than the styrofoam that we usually partake of. Jesus was a Middle Eastern man. He was honey wheat. Honeyweed Jesus. <laughs> what about those Texas Roadhouse Yeast Rolls, though? Oh, see, oh, Lord. So, y'all, and it it's that cinnamon butter, though, that gets it, right? You know a place has good bread when you decide to go somewhere based on the bread. Right, I mean, Texas Roadhouse, technically you're supposed to go there for steak, but really, we know, not, you didn't really pick Texas Roadhouse because of the steak. You thought about them yeast rolls and that anointing that flows down like the oil on Aaron's beard, how it kind of rolls off the side and it's, it's glistening, right? The problem with a lot of the, the problem with those yeast rolls, though, is you could eat like four or five of them and you didn't even realize it. And, and I don't know about you, I get really frustrated. What messes me up is because sometimes they're just so good, but you get full on them so quickly. And then when your actual entree comes, you're like, man, I'm too full to eat this. And then you get mad. You know, I, I was just thinking the other day about how a lot of times we can, we can get so full, even spiritually and emotionally, we can fill ourselves up with things that it, it in the moment, it tastes good, or in the moment, it feels good, or in the moment, it fills us up. But like a lot of these yeast rolls, in the end, it, it just kind of, it fills us, and it takes up space that other things should take up. And it actually doesn't give us more energy. Y'all know, if you've, if you've had a little too much, you get the itis. Let me know what the itis is. That itis, it creeps up in your life. When you've had like a really good meal... And it's just, you're just so full that all of a sudden you just forget yourself and you sit down on the couch and then you wake up and you're like, oh wait, where did these children come from? Y'all got to eat? Okay. You, you feel even more tired, more exhausted than you did before. I think about this scripture and I think, man, why is it that we contend to fill ourselves up with the same stuff and settle for temporary things that we And and it's not even because we don't know the right thing. What's worse is that we actually know the things that will sustain us. We can read books about it. We can write Facebook posts about it. We can talk about it. We can listen to podcasts about it. We can even uh, have the right thing right here in front of us, hot, ready, and waiting on our consumption. But unless we actually eat the bread of life, we will not live the kind of life God's intended us to have. As much as I believe that there is power in sitting under the preaching of God's word and that there is not a word that returns void, that his word does not return void, I also am fully aware that you can actually Sit here this morning and listen to me talk about the bread of life and leave hungry. I love watching Food Network. I do. It's my jam. And now I've passed on this to my children. They want to watch the Kids Baking Championship. That's their jam right now. I like to watch the food truck road race. Like that, that's, that is my deal right now. And every episode, it's like every season it's the same thing. Oh, my gosh, the grill doesn't work. I mean, it's just the drama. It's just amazing. <laughs> and particularly if I'm going to visit a city, the first thing I do is I go on Food Network and I'm like, man, what, what, what restaurants have they highlighted? I want to go try something out. I think Milton's on me with that. You probably, he's like, he's like, let me check out these food spots. Can I tell you, I watched, especially Chopped, man, Chopped is on forever. I've watched so many episodes of Chops, I know exactly what to do if I get that basket with the most awkward things. I know what to do. I've seen the food. I've heard about the food. Can I tell you, I've ninety nine 99.8% of the things that I have seen and meditated on and had visions of that I've seen on Food Network, 99.8% of it I've never eaten myself. And it stirs up this hunger in me. And I'm like, if they did that with melted popsicles and Asian figs, surely God can do a miracle in my refrigerator with this ramen and (laughs) chopped pieces of peppercorns and turkey deli meat slices. Lord, what would you do? Just because I saw it. Even wanted it, even believed that it would be good, didn't mean I ate it. And what happens is we get in church spaces and we hear about the bread of life and we talk about the bread of life. And maybe at one point in your life you actually did taste something, but that's happened so long ago that it's become experiencing and eating at the table has become more of a mental exercise than an actual partaking. And so what happens? We get malnourished. Do you know life takes energy? Yes. You don't have to work to be tired. Like, you just live. You just wake up. How many of you, it's, 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 it's hard out in these streets. How many of you just wake up tired? Like, you know you're getting grown when you wake up and you're like, Ooh, Lord, I could use a little bit more. Like, I just, I got out of bed and brushed my teeth and I need a nap now. You're like, keto, you need to do that keto. Okay. But you just, you you just, life gets you tired. And it's not just like struggles, it's doing good work. Doing good work, being who God created you to be takes energy. And can I tell you, being tired is not necessarily a bad thing. Do you know that, like, I-, I personally think that at the end of the day, being able to lay your head on a pillow and get a good night's sleep and fall asleep quickly, I think that that is the blessing of a hard day's work. It's not a bad thing to feel like, man, whoo, today, it's a good day. I'm tired, but it's a good tired. What's well, the difference between t- being being? between being tired and being weary. There's a difference between being tired and being emaciated and malnourished. See, if you're tired, it's okay. You you spend energy, but you, you get filled up. That's why we eat. We eat so that we have energy, so that we have life, so that we have energy to burn, to sustain the work that we're called to do. You can't live eternal life without eternal food. I see this with believers and Christians all the time where it's like, it doesn't take a lot to knock you off into a pit, into a ditch. You wonder like, why why do I constantly feel weak? Why am I so easily beaten down? Why do I lose heart so quickly? Why do I fall into that pit of disappointment and disillusionment so quickly? It's because you're not eating. No, but I showed up at church. No, no, no. You're not eating. Because his word says, if you eat of him, you will not be hungry. In in John 6, let me unpack this a little bit for you. So Jesus, in the beginning of John chapter 6, he feeds the 5,000. It's a pretty remarkable miracle situation here, as you can imagine. And um, it was so amazing. Like, if you think the lines have been long to go to Popeye's, right, Popeye's was not ready. They were not ready. There was a glory that they released, and they, their character could not withstand the weight of the anointing. All right? They had to shut down. I'm telling you, like, people here have been, you talk about folks giving a crown to Popeye's over this sandwich as though customer service don't mean anything. Anyway, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to go there. But you think that was crazy? It says here, after Jesus had fed the 5,000, it said that he perceived that the crowd was going to rush him to make him king. Boy, people love to eat, right? If they get so excited like, oh, my gosh, he just fed all of us. You ate too. You ain't too. You got a fish and chicken sandwich. You got a fish sandwich. You got a, let's make this brother king. If he's now like that, and he said, Jesus perceived that the crowd was going to come on him and make him king, and he withdrew to a mountain. So while he withdraws, the evening comes, the disciples, they're like, <laughs> I just think it'd be funny if you're a disciple during this time. You just see this, and all of a sudden, Jesus just pieces out. Do you ever, do you ever have that one friend who's kind of like, he's more on the introvert, she's more on the introvert side, and they'll come to the party, but then like, you never know when they leave. Like, what happened to so-and-so? They left like an hour ago. They just showed up to eat some dips, say hi, make an appearance, and then they're like off reading something in the corner of their house and loving it. But Jesus, he's go off, and so they're like, man, okay, well, let's get in the boat. So they start heading to Capernaum. It says they weren't sure where Jesus was. They had been on sailing downward down sea for about three, four miles. All of a sudden, they, they, they experienced some turbulence, a storm. There's, there's wind and waves, and all of a sudden, they see somebody walking on the water. That would freak me out a little bit. But I love just the nonchalant nature of Jesus. It just says he was like, hey, hey, don't be afraid. It's just me. Oh, of course, of course, Jesus. Uh, And he gets on the boat, and I just wonder, because the next part of it, it says that he got on the boat, and immediately they were on land. And I just wonder if, like, Jesus, he was like, man, y'all rowing too slow. All right, here we go. Where? So the next morning, all those people that had that amazing miracle and the amazing multiplication of the bread, the loaves, and the fishes, they come back to the spot where the miracle happened. And they probably told their friends, just like everybody was posting. I mean, I would have loved to see the Instagram feed during that time. Hey, y'all, y'all got to check this out over here. This Jew is bringing bread and fish, y'all. That's my rabbi. Hashtag my rabbi. <laughs> and so all these people start coming, and they're looking for him, and he's not there. And then they get word that uh they went... They went further down, so they get in their boats, and they're going and looking for Jesus. (coughs) So in verse 26, it says, Jesus answered them, because they come to him. They're looking for the bread. Where's the free meal? Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life. The Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Jesus knows who he's talking to. The people, the audience that he is talking to, would be very familiar with the book of the law, the scrolls. They'd be very familiar with the stories and the, the heritage and the familial history of Moses leading the people of God out of captivity. They would have been very familiar with hearing over and over through oral, past, oral tradition being passed on from generation to generation of how God provided bread and manna in the wilderness. They would be very familiar with the fact that God had spoken to Moses and told him that he was to have a table for the bread of the presence, upon which 12 loaves would be placed in the tabernacle as a reminder of God's provision, and they would also be very aware that there was a sense and an understanding, and and many of them believed that a sign that the Messiah had come would be that he too would bring manna. And so Jesus sets them up with the multiplication of the loaves and fishes. It It was not just like him just showing off. He was trying to whet their appetite. He was trying to let them know that there was something greater taking place. And so they come to him because he, he touched on a felt need. But what's interesting is he came with eternal food, even though they were so obsessed with their temporary appetite. So what do they do? They start doing what so many of us do. They kind of get in this religious mode. And they say, well, well, if you've got this bread, what, what things in the law do we need to do? Give us the religious rights that we need to execute so we can earn this bread. And he deconstructs their thinking because the reality is that law, the life doesn't come from the law. Jesus came to fulfill the law. So what we're called to do is partake of him. He says it this way. He doesn't give them a bunch of hoops to jump through. He says this. This, they say, what must me do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God that you believe in him who has sent. He says later on in the trap verse that I read to you just earlier, he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes. To me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. We can be around the food, but for whatever reason, we tend not to eat. Why don't we eat? Why don't we eat? One of the reasons I feel like we can have it, we can have access to it, and we don't do it as distraction. Distractions. If you're taking notes this morning, write that. Distractions. You know, my son Johnny, I love Johnny to, to pieces. He is like, I just love this dude. He is he is like having a Tasmanian devil as a son. But, but he loves Jesus in his own Tasmanian way. Um, and as smart and as sharp as he is and is, it's like he can be like a squirrel all over the place and yet like when Team Umizoomi comes on, it's a kid's program, my man locks in. We do this thing, we've been doing this since Isaiah was little, we have Saturday morning cartoons, but I'll make breakfast and so we get breakfast and And what I've learned is Johnny, it is impossible for Johnny to eat and watch a cartoon at the same time. And he gets this glaze where the food is right in front of him. It's hot and ready. And as a dad, like one of the things that I just wanted to do, I just felt like as a dad, one of the things I wanted to make big breakfast for my family when I can. And I just love, I'm going to be, I will be the grandpa that gets satisfaction for cooking food for his family. I'm like, come on, baby, eat some more eat some more. I don't care if you already had two other dinners, you're going to come over to my house, you're going to eat something. So I love, I love making food for my family, I love love them eating it. And, and I'll put this plate in front of Johnny, and I know if a show is on, by the time he eats it, it's going to be cold. He can't, he can't focus because he's locked in, he's distracted. We have, uh, This propensity, a lot of times, where we can be so distracted. Sometimes we're distracted, of course, by problems and challenges. And so you can have the Word of God, the bread of life in front of you, but be so overwhelmed and and magnify what you don't have, or magnify your loneliness, or magnify your frustration at work, or magnify all of these issues. That the food is right in front of you, the bread of life is right in your pocket, right in your hand, and yet you just don't have time to eat. You get distracted. Sometimes we don't eat because of decision fatigue. And I'm talking about eating. I want to get even more specific. I'm talking about reading this Bible, spending time with Jesus. Not just hearing somebody talk about them and not just getting the tweet, Scripture of the week, but actually supping at the table. I I, I know many people that they don't open this Bible because of decision. Where do I start? Where do I start? Some of you, it's like you've tried to read through the Bible for the last five years, and you start in January at the beginning in Genesis, and you die in the desert with the Israelites. You've been going through Deuteronomy for five years. (laughs) My gosh, I would have, man, if that's, oh gosh, Lord, help me. And then you just literally, you just live off whatever scriptures people post on Instagram. and That's what sustains you. It's like living off of those little oyster crackers. (laughs) We get decision fatigue. Another thing is we get disillusionment. You know, it's, it, it, it's amazing how we will try, we will try things out over and over again that have continued to fail us. Sometimes it's relationships, sometimes it's restaurants. <laughs> Y'all, there's some restaurants that I, I'm convinced like. When you are in high school, there were certain restaurants that burn this thing in your brain where you're like, oh, my gosh, I love that place. And then you have that this deceptive high school you that tries to tell you that you will enjoy that again. And every time you try it, you're like, oh, this must have been a bad day. No. But yet, maybe you had a, a hard time reading the Word or maybe somebody did a poor job of communicating the word or twisted the word. And you only give the word of God one chance. You've given Taco Bell 20 years of your life. <laughs> <laughs> but Titus just got one shot. Just got one shot. Start talking about slaves. I'm like, nope. We get disillusioned. So what do we do? What do we do? Can I tell you? <laughs> like there, there is a dynamic where I feel like we have this tension right now. And it's not just specific to our generation. There's nothing unique. There's nothing new under the sun. Where we, there was such an emphasis in the church at one point. Of works, 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 everything is work, 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 law, 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 do this, don't do that, don't do it. And it was like, it was so suffocating that rather than actually find the tension and the truth and balance in scripture, folks just, it was like a catapult. The pendulum swung from this side all the way to this side. Where it's like, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to work. I don't have to work. I don't have to do nothing. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. Grace, 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 grace. Right? And, and, and like what's scary and what makes it so deceptive and what can be tricky is this. Can I tell you, you don't have to do anything Anything for God to love you. Nothing. Now, it's not saying a whole lot about you. It's not saying you're just perfect the way you are. Oh, gosh, no, pastor, don't say these things. Because you know what it says? It says that while we were yet sinners, he loved us. He loves us in our nastiness. He loves you when you hate him. He loves you, some of y'all can't stand him right now, and he like still gives you breath to wake up and curse him. So he loves you, you don't have to do anything, nothing. He loves you. He loves you and your stank self. However, In order to receive all that he has for you, in order to walk in the fullness that he wants you to walk in, you actually got to do something. Now, it's not all the hoops. Again, you're not doing things so that he'll love you. You're actually stepping out so you can walk in the love that he has for you. So why, why are you saying this, Pastor? Because I think what we do is He has provided his word for us. Everything that we need for life and godliness, he's provided for us. All the provision that we need is in him. All the joy, all the life, all the kindness, all the goodness, all the destiny, all the purpose, it's all in him. But we just sit at a table. Ella does this when she gets feeling a little sedity. And we want him not just to put the ta- food on the table, not just to make the food, but to just say, feed me, Jesus. <laughs> and then we get mad. Or we think, feed me, pastor. <laughs> feed me, city group leader. And then what happens so many times? People leave because they didn't get what? They didn't get fed. They didn't get fed. And that's one thing if people aren't preaching this word. It, it, if, if you're a church, <laughs> there should be one thing on the menu. <laughs> right? There's plenty, there's plenty of do-it-yourself books. There's plenty of self-help blogs. If we are going to be the church, the body of Christ, and we don't have bread on the menu, there's an issue. But can I tell you, can I tell you, yes, there are times in infancy when you need help being fed, but there comes a point where you got to learn how to feed yourself. Y'all hear me this morning. There comes a point where you have to learn the, the skill, you have to develop the skill of actually Reaching out and exerting effort and saying, you know what? I love when babies are learning to eat black beans because it ends up everywhere except in their mouth. I mean, you got beans in the eyelid. There's like, I mean, it's it's just everywhere. Like, I, I, Judah's birthday. Judah's birthday. He turned seven this week, and we had cake. and And Johnny was out there again. Johnny, we love Johnny. Johnny, everybody got a fork except for Johnny. Johnny went like he thought it was like one-year-old smash cake days. He just took it, boom. I think he got like two bites in his mouth, and it was all over his face. Is it going to be messy at times? Absolutely. It's okay. Eat. Come and eat. Come and eat. So what do we do? I'm going to hit this, and then I'll just, we're going to wrap up. I just, we're, we're getting, here's the thing. I, We're getting ready to start a series next week called The Letdown. We're talking about disappointment. We're going to be looking at some of the Psalms of Lament. And uh, I'm actually looking forward to this series. I know it can seem like a challenging or like a weird thing to be looking forward to, but I know we, we will all in different ways deal with disappointment. But the reason I really wanted to hit this today is this, is a lot of times what can happen when we're navigating through disappointment is that, one, we can tend to focus on ourselves way too much. Or when we focus on other people, we're just looking for somebody to blame. And I want you to know that you have been empowered to partake of this bread. You have been empowered. He has provided a meal for you. He has provided sustenance for you. If you say, I am just like, I, I'm barely hanging on. I've got no joy. I've been going to church for this, and I've been... eat, eat. You say, Pastor? No, I've tried. No, 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 no. Just going to church and going to a city group again. I say it again and again and again. If you, if, if there is not a connection where the word of God is not getting from the pages into your soul, you don't stop eating. You will figure out a way. If you physically are having a hard time getting food in your body, you will get an IV. You will take take it whatever way you can. Why? Because you recognize that your body needs food to live. That's what we need to do spiritually. We need to have that level of intensity and focus. So what do we need to do? First of all, shut off the distractions. Shut off the distractions. One of the rules that we have at dinner time. Kayla, you don't. You can just don't even worry about it. I'm gonna wrap this plane up. I didn't mean to rush you. If you come up here, you're gonna play so good. I'm just gonna feel the anointing. I want to linger, and I, and you know I need to send people so they can go show off the beach body at Eagle Creek Beach. Um, <laughs> we got to shut off distractions. We have this rule at the dinner table where there's no 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 phones allowed during dinner. Why, man, you get that buzz. You don't need, it doesn't even really buzz. Sometimes you get the phantom buzz. You ever get the phantom buzz where you just thought it buzzed? You're like, eh, let me take that real quick. Uh. And what is it doing? It's, it's distracting you from actually being present in the meal and in the fellowship. What are the distractions? What are the distractions? Why is it that you get, why is it that if you are a, a married couple and you got a bunch of kids, that you don't take all your children on date night? Y'all, I'm not taking Johnny on date night. <laughs> I'm just telling you, as cute as Ella is, I'm not taking Ella on day night. Why? Because I have a focused time where I'm saying, I want to connect with Kelly and this food that we're going to partake. We really like the food, y'all. <laughs> we get excited about it. It's like, I'm glad that you're here, but I'm glad that it's here too. You know? <laughs> but there's a reason why. Why? Because of distractions. What are the distractions? What are the things that distract you from engaging God? Some people say, man, I'm not an early morning person. Well, the reason, I'm not either. Actually, I, I, I like to be a night owl. I prefer staying up late. I guess this, the creative in me just comes alive at night. I, I don't like, you know, waking up at 5 in the morning. Like, I, I don't have that. Some of you are like t- such mor- morning, you know, robins. I don't know what the, the morning bird is. Uh but you wake up and you're like, oh, ah, it's 5 a.m., hmm. bullet coffee and the word of Jesus. Na-na-na-na. I'm like, you know, I've got my alarm. I, I, the dog helps me because i got to take her out so she doesn't mess in the cage. And, and I just go out there and I have my app and I start going through my devotional. But I love it because there's, the kids are still asleep. Nobody's trying to get a hold of me at 6 in the morning. I shut out the distractions. You gotta shut out the distractions. The second thing is, you gotta have an eating plan. You gotta have an eating plan. You say it's decision fatigue. Make the decision before it even comes. There are so many resources. Here at our City Central, we have something called the Purple Book. The Purple Book isn't some weird thing hosted by Barney, it is purple. That's why it's called the Purple Book. But it is a systematic way to help you lay biblical foundations in your life. And it's just going to guide you through the scripture. What does the scripture say about foundation? Help you understand what the word of God says about this faith that you are walking out and that you're learning about. It's easy. You don't even have to think about it. Just open it up during your lunch break and just begin to look at it. It's going to help give you an eating plan. For some of you, it might be downloading the Read Scripture app. I love the Read Scripture app. It has not only video commentaries that helps you understand each book of the Bible and some of the nuances of phrases in the Bible like glory and the kingdom and different things, but it also has a daily breakdown. You don't even think about it. You open it up. You have the daily reading. It has a psalm so that you can begin every day in worship and a time for prayer. It does it for you. Bottom line is if you don't know how to eat, you can learn. But you've got to eat. You gotta eat. The last thing is just taste of the word again for the first time. Can I tell you that he has never failed? He hasn't. He never will. This bread has oftentimes been abused and misused. Y'all have known, I've talked about it before, of even how partial Bibles, partial. Versions of the Bible were handed out to slaves. They were absent of anything that had to do with the year of Jubilee or the Exodus or slaves being redeemed or freed. They extracted the nutrients. They extracted the wholeness of this word to control and manipulate people. Whether it was done then or it's been done in different ways that you've experienced before. I get that. Some people, it's not what they took out, it's what they added in. It's like the Bible plus some additives and preservatives. Not preserving the word of truth, but just preserving their way of thinking and life and cultural entrenchment. And so you're like, man, that, that just didn't taste right. And because of that, now you, it's like you have an aversion to the word. I want to invite you, come and experience this bread of life again for the first time. Get a plan. Shut off the distractions. And I'm telling you, if if we could do that, if, if we can begin to not just talk about it, think about it, hear about it, write about it, read about it, but actually come and eat, you will actually experience a life and a joy That you thought you should have had, but you hadn't really been tasting it. Can I tell you, when you eat of the bread of life, when you connect and you are eating of God's word and Jesus is coming alive in you, you get all of Him. You get joy. You get peace. You get kindness. You get freedom. You get compassion. Can I tell you when you're truly eating of the bread of life, you will find it easier to forgive? It doesn't mean that it's easy, but it will be easier. Why? Because you're eating of his bread. So in closing, I want to say this. I want to pray for you guys. and, And I recognize that first and foremost... In order for you to obtain eternal life, you have to eat of the bread of life. If you're here this morning and you're like, man, I've never tasted, I've never experienced the fullness that is Jesus. I've been living off of spiritual fluff and religiosity. But man, I've never really fully surrendered my life and partaken of all that is Jesus. If that's you, I want to pray for you because you can't even experience the eternal life that God has for you. You can't obtain it without receiving him. But many of you in here, and I know you, yours is not just getting saved. It's not obtaining eternal life. It's being sustained in the midst of life because you're tired. I know you are. You're struggling, you're weary, and God doesn't want you to be weary and malnourished. He's OK if you're tired as long as you're filled. But you need to eat. I want to pray for you that this week, today, that there's going to be a shift. Now, it is going to require that you pick up the bread and you open it and you begin to come and eat at the table. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just lift up I lift up all of these wonderful people to you God. I thank you that you are here and you're faithful. Lord, I'm asking right now in your mercy and your love and your great compassion for every person sitting in front of me. Lord, I'm asking that you would um almost that you would hit the reset button for those who have just come with lots of religious baggage or just church, um, there's like religious hoarding that has been taking up your mind. You've got stacks and stacks and stacks and stacks of religious stuff and clutter. And it's made you, it's created this sense of frustration because in your mind you thought because of all of these things and because of all the things you've ac- a collected and that you've acquired, you don't understand why th- your life doesn't look like what you thought it would look like if you had this stuff. And though the stuff in and of itself isn't necessarily bad, not everything is bad, that's not the stuff that sustains. He is the bread of life. He is the bread of life. Jesus Christ, our perfect sacrifice, he is the bread of life. And so God, I'm asking that you would clear out that room, that you'd clear out the clutter, and that you would present, Lord, even as you took the bread and you broke it and you presented it to your disciples I pray even right now that you would present yourself to your people fresh and anew fresh and anew lord i protect I, hmm. you know i just, I' specifically just believe i just there's there's some folks in here and man it's it's been hard for you to even sit at the table because of some hard and tough experiences of the past in church. And the Lord wants you to know he, he sees that hurt and he sees that trepidation. He sees that hesitancy and he wants to invite you to sit with him again. He wants to invite you to sit down and receive him. Receive him afresh and anew. Receive him afresh and anew. Father, I thank you that you are stirring up fresh hunger. Lord, I thank you that you're reconnecting people to your true eternal life source. And Lord, I pray that you would, that you would Wean us off of the taste and the appetite for empty things so that we would be full and sustained by you. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, if you're here and you say, I want to know, how can I walk with this Jesus? I want to receive him. I want to know, how can I take a next step in following Jesus? We have... Uh, connect card. We'll have connect cards. If you didn't already fill one out, I want to encourage you to bring that over to our city central. And there's a little check box on the back of that that says, I want to know more about Jesus. Please check that out. Check that box and put in your information. And we'll follow up with you this week. We want to help you take that step. I believe, and I'm excited because I know that God's going to do great things He's going to do great things in this community. He's going to do great things in this family. And I know that anything that is worth it is work. Y'all hear me? Anything that's worth it is work. And I know there's going to be days that we're going to be tired. But if we will learn how to eat this word, the joy that's going to flow out of this house, the aroma of the presence of God that's going to flow out of your life and out of your dorm room, out of your classroom, out of your Marriage out of your family is going to be a blessing to many. Y'all have an awesome extended weekend. Bless you. Thanks again for joining us. Don't forget, you can find us online at cityoflights.church and connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.